0: All right now the other thing i i want to jump into with you here and, and you know we just got done talking about cd lamb and his impact i want to talk about some of the biggest candidates on the cowboys roster for a breakout season at, at least in my opinion and and get some of your thoughts on, on to some of those players for you I, I one of the guys for me that stands out is is going to be james washington um that's a guy who who he flashed in his second season with pittsburgh he, he Caught 44 passes, 735 yards. That put him at almost 17 yards per reception. And you saw a guy in that second season who fit the the profile that he had coming out of Oklahoma State, which people were like, this is a guy who he's going to be that back end of the route tree. You know, the posts, corners, go routes. This is a guy who's who's going to be able to challenge defenses. Even though he was a 4-5-4 four, four type of speed guy, you just saw it with the way he could, you know, sell his routes and then that speed he had on the back half of his 40-yard dash, like the long speed that he had. Um, it was a guy who's expected to make an impact down the field. Uh, and his play really declined over the last two years. He caught just 24 passes on 44 targets for 285 yards in 2021, but uh, Sports Info Solutions and I had tip to the website 4for4 that picked this up. Sports Info Solutions charted his 44 targets. And 28 of those were graded as catchable. So that gave him an adjusted catch percentage of 85%. He was a reliable target for them when the ball was where it was supposed to be. So uh, as a guy who was expected to be a vertical threat and and challenge defenses and put pressure on them down the field, Pittsburgh's offense, the issues they had at quarterback last season, it really didn't allow him to be that guy. You saw it early on. And I think the, the fact that you didn't see it in recent years was more a reflection of what the Steelers were and what Ben Roethlisberger was and what Mason Rudolph was at times whenever he was in there. Um, So that's a guy who he'll be in contention along with Jalen Tolbert. I think until Michael Gallup gets back, you'll see James Washington running some of those deeper routes like they like to send Gallup on. So I think there's going to be a chance early on for James Washington Washington to like assert his presence and show I can be this guy.
1: Yeah, I think to me with Washington, and I think you're absolutely right, the numbers – that you're presenting, it makes a lot of sense. All you had to do is watch the Steelers last year and watch the struggles that they had at quarterback, you know, and with Washington. I will say this, though. The Steelers generally do a great job of drafting wide receivers. Mm -hmm. And they generally play very, very well. I would have to say for where they took him, though, and, you know, obviously they let him go. So I would say that to me... Does he deserve another opportunity? Does he deserve, can he have a breakout? I think you're right about that. I think in this offensive system, I'll be interested once again, it's all about Kellen Moore and how he will find a way to use, uh, use these receivers. And, you know, if he doesn't, you know, then they'll find somebody else. But with Washington, I totally get it because, again, the quarterback play with the Steelers was awful. And, you know, maybe taking advantage of Dak Prescott and the way he throws the ball, especially down the field, I think would be a, a big lift for him.
0: Yeah, and and does he break out? Not necessarily, but I mean, I think there there's at least evidence, there's context clues here that say James Washington could perform better here in yeah. Dallas. And, and you know what? It's another, it would be a big check, honestly, in in the uh, column for Dak Prescott as as, a, as an elite quarterback if he is able to help elevate James Washington because there's always been the talk of like well how does Dak make guys right. get better and it's like it's a little tough because they don't generally bring in outside guys for for him to target they they you know he, he did make Amari Cooper better but a lot of people go yeah but that's Amari Cooper and, right. him, and so I think James Washington would be a really good example of that um I got a couple other names I can go through but I'm curious is there anybody else that stands out to you as somebody that you think like this guy could not necessarily that they will but like this is a guy who at least there there's some context clues or some evidence that this guy could have a breakout I'm, I'm buying
1: I'm buying Dorrance Armstrong here
0: you you and Jerry both
1: I really am <laughs> and I know yeah it makes me a little nervous when the boss says that but uh I I'm buying Dorrance Armstrong I there was a time in my life where I watched Dorrance Armstrong and watched him come out of uh college and thought man this guy has got pass rush ability he's got the ability to win on the edge he can attack he can attack the pocket he can make plays and all that and then there would be that game where all of a sudden he'd have a sack and a half. And you're like, ah, Dorrance Armstrong gets it. There it is. And then the next four games, he would do absolutely nothing. I think Dorrance Armstrong made a huge jump in, in as far as the way that he, the way he played as far as from, from you know, those times where it was one game and then gone for three. Yep. I think he's, I think he's developed some consistency I think he. I think he has a better feel of how to rush the passer. I think he's taken full advantage of this working with Dan Quinn and AD on the with the defensive line. I think that he has picked up a lot of things along the way. I expect him to have a really, really, really big season. And I, I know that people are talking about losing Randy Gregory and how bad that was. I think Dorrance Armstrong is going to step up and give you some things that Randy Gregory clearly didn't give you. Randy Gregory Ooh. gave you some pass rush. Yeah, I think Doran Armstrong gives you both. I think he plays the run exceptionally well, and I think he can give you the pass rush. So I feel like that you're going to get a more complete player, much like you have playing at the left defensive end when you start talking about Tank Lawrence. Play the run, rush the passer.
0: I, I think another name uh, to consider there in terms of a guy that could break out a, a veteran name, and that's Malik Hooker. Um, And and Hooker was a guy, I mean, drafted by the Colts. We talked about him a little bit in the last episode. He was drafted by the Colts in 2017. And the expectation is like, this guy's going to be one of the best center fielders the NFL has because there was this rare range and there were these plus ball skills. And you you saw him really early on in, in his career. It was like three interceptions in his first four weeks in the NFL. And then pretty quickly, the bad luck with the injuries just hit. He tore his ACL and his MCL in week seven of his rookie year. Then he had knee, hip, foot injuries that kept him out at various points during the 2018 campaign, including uh, the season finale, their their playoff loss. Then he, you know, has a meniscus tear that kept him out several weeks in 2019. Finally, he tears his Achilles, ending his 2020 season after just two games. So 2021, last year, actually was the first year of Malik Cooker's career that he didn't miss any time due to injury. Um, he was inactive for the first game against Tampa. That was when he had missed some time in training yeah. camp, getting set up with the COVID protocols. Right. So he didn't get a lot of reps. There were there was a learning curve there. So that was why he was inactive there. And then, of course, he landed on the COVID list at the end of the year. But he stayed healthy. He wasn't on the injury report missing games. And I think that was a big deal for him and a big accomplishment for him. And and he earned the trust of Dan Quinn. You saw his snaps increased in the second half of the season. And I think you saw him turn that back, that trust back, and, and say, like, okay, that was founded trust because he's he's playing good football for us. So the talent's always been there for him. It's just been a matter of, like, can he stay healthy? And if he can do that and experience the same sort of jump, I think in the second year after an Achilles injury, which is always...
1: It always happens, That yeah. That's
0: always the year where you see the production. Yes. It yeah. usually takes about two years. And I think that fits why you saw in the second half of the season he was playing better too, is that he's yeah. slowly getting... that? That's an injury that takes some time to come back from. So Cowboys rewarded him with a two-year deal. And I, I think that that's somebody who will have a real chance to show, all right, I'm the guy that you guys thought I was when I was picked in 2017.
1: Yeah, and I'll add one more guy here real quick is Jabril Cox. I think that's Jabril Cox, I mean, you know, they they were, they were gaining trust with him and then he got hurt. And watching him on the side there work, uh, you know, I feel like that he's getting Britt Brown's doing a great job of working. The kid's a hard worker. He's a really – he's a very good athlete. He can cover. The tackling is part of it. I think that 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 that's going to that's gonna improve for him. But I think the more work he gets, the more reps he gets, the more opportunity he gets, I think you're going to have a pretty special player. I, I know watching him play at LSU, I was super, super happy to see when the Cowboys drafted him. But I, I'll say this, though. Coming off that knee is going to be tough, but I, I kind of feel like that he's a guy that's going to show – uh, the type of player that he is, uh, you know, once he gets back in the mix.
0: Yeah, I think I think Jabril Cox has a, a great because you remember he he flashed uh, before he got hurt. There was no question about it. Yeah. He started getting those opportunities. The, the Cowboys you remember Jerry and Stephen really saw what a great job the scouting staff yeah. had done, and, yeah. and they went, "Man, look what we got with Micah, and look yeah. what we got with these guys." Let's start getting some of these other guys opportunity. Yeah. And that's what pushed Jalen Smith out the door, was honestly the performance of other rookies other that made them say, well, let's yeah, see what exactly. this guy yeah. is, since the scouting staff believed in Hoon so much. And that was warranted. You saw him make big play against the Giants. Yep. Yeah. Um, we stop knocked Daniel Jones, Jones yeah. out of the game, and yeah. it
1: really effectively ended – any type of offense that the Giants had that day, absolutely, and and so you saw a lot of encouraging
0: signs early on from him. and Then he just he got hurt, unfortunately. But if he can be healthy, absolutely, that's a guy that I think they're they're counting on big things from. Uh, another guy for me, and and you know there will be some competition there inside, but also Digizua. A guy who he came out playing with his hair on fire last year. He had the six quarterback hits, three tackles for loss, two sacks in his first seven games of the season, and he was consistently disrupting things. I've told you this story on the air. I know we've talked about it a little bit. I had somebody from another team like text me, another defensive lineman who was prepping to play the Cowboys yeah. in a few weeks. And he's like, "Who is this 97? He's a badass. Mm-hmm. Like he's like that guy's just like the motor doesn't stop. He's 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 super athletic. He you know he's got some pretty good pass rush moves for how young he is. So. Other people around the league were taking notice of Odigizua, and then the production tapered off a lot in the second half of the season. But I think that was that, you know just the proverbial rookie wall. Um, I mean, you could tell the Cowboys took notice of it. Dan Quinn took notice of it because Odigizua was playing 62% of the snaps the first 10 games of the season was producing. And then right as his production happens. tapered yeah. off, yeah. they – Pulled back his snaps and he was yeah. playing under 50%. Yeah, he the got wore the down. Yeah, and and I think that that's normal yeah. for a lot of these guys. I mean, 10 games, that's about what you're going to end up playing right. in a season in college if, if you're going to a program 10 to 12, um unless you get into the playoffs or, or you've got a couple bowl games. But I think that, and Diggy Zua, I think he looks in great shape out there. um I, I think that once he's going to be able to get past just that issue of the fatigue, the burnout, I think you're only going to see him improve. The only thing that may get in the way of, of him having a big breakout year is is something you've talked about this week on the radio, which is the Chauncey Golston effect. Like, how right. much is Chauncey Golston potentially yeah. going to eat into those snaps?
1: Yeah, I hope this isn't a thing where Chauncey Golston is going to be, oh, he's going to play three technique, and wait a minute, the, the three techniques are playing well. we got to move him back to defensive end because – as a backup guy. Iron
0: Crawford. Yeah, you know, keep
1: moving the guy around. (laughs) I I hope that there really is some good competition there. I'm going to add one more guy to my list. And this is going to maybe sound funny. I think Tyler Biotis is going to be a better player. I think that's a good call. And, you know, and I kind of feel like there was some struggle early in the campaign last year. The first eight games, even though they were playing better, there was some struggle there with him. And I think that in the second half of the season, he became more comfortable with what's going on. And we had a chance to interview him on one oh five three, the fan, and I really like the mindset that he's got right now. Physically, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's a really good athlete. He's, you know, if you thought he was going to be Travis Frederick because he went to Wisconsin and all that stuff, that 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 wasn't gonna happen. Right. But I think he's going to be better playing inside.
0: Yeah, and I think that one of the the key things with Biadish and the thing that I think he's probably worked on this offseason, the big question for them I think is Let's get him better in the classroom. Let's get him better recognizing yeah. some of these things uh, at the line of scrimmage and and being able to make the right calls. That, I think, is their biggest concern. I think they feel good about how he's coming along with his technique. And, and and you know, even though it may not be leaps and bounds, I think they see steady progress in, in other yeah. areas with him. That's just the one area where I think they're like, man, this is lacking a little bit. We, we'd like to see him be more of the quarterback of the offensive line right. like Travis Frederick was, not necessarily be Travis Frederick, but show us a little bit something else there uh you're listening to the love the star podcast of course love the star is an odyssey podcast and uh it can be found on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts because i'm sure wherever you're listening to this right now you you got it somehow whether that's odyssey or otherwise so uh we appreciate you tuning in and uh, hopefully you can give us a uh rate and review and, and continue to listen